0: Watch my the shoes on the Damn it, to the tight, get it right, homie, more or less. I gotta thank God fresh. Hey man, we are back, fresher than your average podcast, issue number 59. It's your man Animal Brown in the building. I got my guy Jay Hove with me. What's good, sir? What's up, baby? How you sounding, man? How you f- hey, your mic popping. <laughs> Hey man, both our mics are cracking. Okay, let's do it. And actually, on this show, we got a third mic too, man, coming up. Special guest, Matt Powell from MPD. He is a retail uh, sneaker extraordinaire. Sure. Over 40 years' experience in the retail game, man. Deep in his numbers stuff. He dropped a lot of jewels. And we got to talk about a whole lot of stuff, man. So it's please stay tuned for that interview coming right up. Let's get the business out the way. Follow us at fresher than your average pod on Instagram. I'll at your boy Animal underscore Brown on Instagram and Twitter. Where can they find you at, bro? It's
1: J-Hove on Instagram and Twitter, man. Let's have a conversation on Twitter. I'm there, man. Let's
0: talk. Absolutely, man. Without further ado, let's get straight to it. Yep, yep. Um, also, of course, YouTube.com slash oh, Obviously, go to YouTube, search Freshening the Average Podcast. We're, 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 we're cultivating a new YouTube just for exclusive Freshening the Average stuff, too. So y'all be on the lookout for that as well. Make sure you hit that subscribe button when you go. Right. Um, but like we always do at this time, let's talk about recent pickups. Did you have yep. any recent cops uh, yep. in the last 30 days? Yeah,
1: for sure your boy has copped Yeah, but it ain't got nothing to do. It's hats, it's hoodies, it's tees, it's sweats. I have not copped any sneakers since the last time we recorded a show, and I don't plan on it, man. Now, did I try? Oh, my God, I tried on everything, everything. My size is trash. Mm. Um, And I'm telling you, one more month like this, going in the rafters. I am Uh going in the rafters. I'm going to retire. You know, I had a great run, one of the most legendary runs in sneaker history. But the game is watered down, man. It's trash, man. For sure. It's burnt on both sides. What about you, brother? What did you call?
0: Uh, Slow month for me. Um, Amon mommy threes. Um, hit on the raffle. <laughs> Shout out to A-Mommy These are fire. I already put them to the dirt. I love these. Um, the retail pro- I mean, the resale price has come down crazy on these good. Make sure y'all pick up a pair if y'all want to, and the quality is stupid. Yeah, I, I attempted to, to, to purchase those. I attempted to Oh, you did? Those. Yep. Damn. Uh, next up, man, uh, Cactus Jack, uh, British khaki, sixes. Uh, I hit on the Travis Scott raffle on these. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are pretty dope. I'm going to be honest. I like the green ones better. If I didn't have the green ones, I might have gotten rid of these. But since I got the brothers, I might as well keep the, the British khaki joints too. Attempted to ever. purchase those as well. Oh, you did? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Next up, man. I hit on the dunk restock for the Syracuse dunk highs. Um, that was kind of cool. Shout out to the wifey. She hit on these, not me, but they are my size. Mm-hmm. So they are keepers. There was a big dunk restock earlier in the month, yeah. man. Kind of call a lot of yeah. people off guard.
1: Yeah, it caught me off guard, but I still attempted to buy those as well. Yeah.
0: And you want a dunk, the keeper, you didn't you don't want the Syracuse ones, dude. Yeah, did. Yeah,
1: did. Yeah, did. Mm. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't know That's if you true. wanted the varsity maze ones too, but I also hit on those on wifey's phone. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to the misses, yeah. uh, dunk attempted
1: highs, those. yeah, attempted those as well. Unsuccessful for sure, damn. Yeah.
0: And last but not least, uh, <laughs> dunk low Nike by you restock. Um, you know, they're not called Nike ID anymore, they're called Nike by you. Mm-hmm. I hit on the restock for my Pistons colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I use the pebble leather. These are fire, very nice quality. Um, They got the quality control right on these. So if you get a chance uh, when they do the- Oh, I got a chance.
1: Oh, I got a chance. I tried that too, AB. Um, You know, you send me, it's like, hey, oh, they restart. I said, okay, let me try. Yeah. (laughs) Unsuccessful. Your entry was not selected on everything that you purchased. (laughs) And then some more shit too. Some really cool shit like ASICs and some new balances. Guess what? Very
0: unsuccessful. And listen, I've, I've struck out on sneakers as well. All these were non-sneaker cops. Uh, well, except the dunks, but they weren't my account, so I, I don't really count. It is what it is. I'm telling you, one more month like this. It's a slaughter, man. But listen, we, we talked to Matt Powell. He gave us a glimmer of hope as it comes to combating, combating these bots. Excuse me. It's so okay. maybe, uh, maybe there's brighter days ahead of you, man.
1: Fuck you, dog. <laughs> Patronize me,
0: dog. With that being said, man, let's get straight to this interview with Matt Powell. I'm telling you, it's some sneaker jewels, it's some, it's some brand jewels in here, man. I hope you guys enjoy. Check it out right now. Hey, man, we are back, fresher than your average podcast. Told you we had a special guest uh, online with us today, Matt Powell, senior advisor over at NPD. Matt, of course, is an expert in the retail space with a a decade or four uh, years of experience. Um, Matt, we wanted to chat with you today about current sneaker culture and kind of where you see trends and things going in the near future. Uh, But first, for those who aren't familiar with you, what is NPD and kind of what do you do there?
2: Great well, thanks for having me. I've always enjoyed doing these um, so NPD is a global market research firm. Um, we cover uh, retail sales um, w- for the most part, retailers are supplying us with their actual weekly sales data. Uh, then we aggregate that information and, and give it back out to them and to the and sell it to the brands and sell it to the stock market and frankly sell it to anybody who will pay us for it. Um, and uh we cover about 20 different industries at NPD uh i'm i'm the uh, advisor for sports but we have advisors for food and tech and beauty and automotive and fashion uh etc so uh, there it's it's a very big broad firm um Uh, We uh, are really the gold standard for uh, retail sales data in the sports industry. Um, And we cover just about everything in sports except for hunting and fishing. Um, And uh, so uh, we have uh, team sports equipment, uh, ski and snow equipment, uh, uh, outdoors, bicycles, as well as uh, sneakers and activewear.
0: Sure. Quick question off of that, too, thinking from a sales perspective, from the outside looking in, Nike is still number one. Is that the case?
2: Yes, absolutely. In the United States, okay. Um, it's really interesting that when we look at Nike versus Adidas globally, the two brands are very close together. Um, typically, they are both in about a twenty percent share range, twenty to twenty-five percent share range, one hundred to two hundred basis points apart. And um, in a few countries, Adidas is number one, uh, but in most countries, Nike is number one, but not by the margin they are here. In the United States, the margin is, is huge. It's almost 40% between Nike and Jordan combined. We look at Jordan as a separate brand, even though it's obviously owned by Nike. Um, and Adidas has about 10 11% share here. So the big gap between the two company, companies is all about what's happening in the United States
1: is the main thing have to do with soccer being the most you know watched global sport you would say because of Adidas having a lot of the you know actual soccer athletes
2: I think their soccer heritage certainly contributes to that no question um although nike is a force in soccer today um it's it's a really interesting story and we, we i don't want to go off on too much of a tangent here but uh back in the back in the 80s nike was trying to figure out how to expand their business into europe and they kept failing uh, and they finally came to the conclusion that until they got serious about the soccer business they were never going to be a factor in europe and so once they um once they made that shift in, in, in mindset, uh, they really began to establish themselves
1: globally. So, my first quote, my second question now is really a hot topic within the sneaker world. Um, what are your thoughts related to what we call Nike gate, the situation with the mom funding her son's sneaker business, Matt? Allegedly. Allegedly. Allegedly.
2: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, we don't need to get called some lawyers here. Um, but, uh, you know, it's first of all, it's a very sad story because she was a rising star at Nike. She was a much beloved person uh, by people at Nike. Many saw her as a mentor. Um, And uh, so very sad from that perspective. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's really unclear, how much she actually helped, uh, here, uh, clearly he was pushing the boundaries on what employees are supposed to be doing and and family of employees in terms of going to outlet stores and buying sneakers and getting sneakers at the, at the employee store and so forth. And and I've been told that he was spoken to about this and, and said he wasn't going to stop doing it, but he didn't. Um, I'm not sure he really got access to a lot of highly uh, uh desired product a lot of it anyway and um i think he had a he had a group of guys and they were doing running bots and figuring out how to get around the system but i don't i so i'm not trying to be defensive for her here but i i really feel like uh uh it, w- what he was doing where he was really making his money was buying shoes at outlet stores and selling them for greater than he paid for them into the outlet stores mm-hmm. um and that that was where he was really uh, doing a lot of volume it was in the in the, the the shoes that make the headlines on StockX. it's uh, <laughs> it was uh, sort of an average kind of uh, kind of footwear but anyway it's a it's a shame and um, and and look the, the brands have got to figure out how to c- get this under control uh, this whole resale marketplace is just out of control at this point um, the fans of the product, people who really covet covet the shoes, who who who, uh, who want to own the shoes, are having to pay much more than they should have to f- to get access to that product. Um, you got people flipping, doing nothing but flipping, and 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 making money because there are fans of products out there. And it and to me, it's separated the brand from the fans a little bit now. And I, mm-hmm. I, I have a fairly active social media. I think that's probably how you found me. And and <laughs> you know the. The, the The number of people who are asking me you know why can 't they fix this and why isn 't there another way to do this is, is it, it grows by the day, and i 've asked a couple of times you know do you have drop fatigue and and uh, you know the major the majority of the answers were absolutely i yeah. i'm sick of this um, and, and and now there are so many other places for the flippers to speculate whether it's trading cards or or GameStop stocks or bitcoins and uh, nfts uh you know I, maybe they'll lose interest in the sneaker side of things
0: we'll see <laughs> <laughs> we'll see and, and kind of speaking of of the bots uh, you know nike came out and made a statement that you know they're they're doing what they can to kind of fix the bot issue um to make their sneakers app a little more uh manual friendly do you believe that to be the case though because from the outside looking in why would we need to do that because it seems like everything sells out now and not just hot products and that seems to be because it's so hard to get products that even a small win on a GR release feels like a win. And so now they're doing better than ever from the outside looking in. Do you think that's, is that accurate? You know, I...
2: I, again i think the, i think the brands not just nike but all the brands want to get closer to their end consumer and understand them and build a relationship with them uh, build a trust with them um and i think the way this the, the the whole resale transactions being operated today they've lost that connection they've lost that trust so i think Look, they're not going to sell any more sneakers. Your point is exactly right about that. They're, 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 those shoes are going to sell out whether they go to bots or whether they go to real people. Mm-hmm. Um, but their relationship with you uh, is, is really important to them. And, and if you think about all the things that happen with the sneakers app besides um, drops... Uh, you know, being able to to communicate to you if you're in a store that there's something going on that you ought to go look at, or that there's a deal on this, or uh, or or you know, make sure you see this product. Um, and and then, much as much they learn about you as as an individual, how many shoes you buy, you know, what size do you buy, do you buy multiple sizes, that meaning maybe you're buying for a family. Um, they're learning a lot about you, and so they're they're very much. Uh, 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 committed to building a closer relationship with their consumer. And I think the situation with the resale on on highly desirable shoes is, is breaking down that relationship. So I, I really do think they're going to do something about it.
0: And they're probably skewing, that's probably skewing a lot of the data too. Right, because people are trying for multiple different sizes. They have no idea which size is actually yours.
2: (laughs) Right, right, right. Just anything that's available, I'll take it, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: We definitely have a
1: debate that you need to debunk for us, Matt, (laughs) but specifically just for our audience. What specific sneaker sneaker, or the year was the turning point for the sneaker resale market as we see it today with StockX and or Go? Well,
2: I think, you know, I really think when Josh Luber started Campless, um and began to create the um, the, the algorithms for what pr- the proper resale prices ought to be, and then he got the idea to start StockX, and I was talking to him during that period of time and encouraging, encouraging him to do it. So uh, maybe I'm at fault here for some of this as well. Um, uh, and Josh is a good guy. His heart's in the right place. His, you know, he was not doing this to the there the, are unintended consequences here um but that probably was really what flipped it up to another level i mean ebay when ebay came along and you could trade on ebay that took it up another level <laughs> um uh uh, so you know i think there were steps upward but probably the biggest thing was was really the advent of stockx and and not only are you able to make the transaction which you could do on ebay but the verification the authenticity um really i think uh, really set set the industry up to a new level
0: when he was explaining that to you you th- you instantly thought it was a good idea or did you have kind of doubts like yeah I, I look I knew there was a market
2: uh, here I, w- what was unclear was how big the market actually could be uh, and and completely unclear that there would be this class of uh, of buyers that I'm calling flippers who are doing nothing but just grabbing shoes and trading them as fast as they can um, so I don't think we ever I anticipated any of that was going to happen um, but there clearly was a market here people were were really frustrated about buying products uh, uh, that, that turned out not to be the product or not be in the condition that the, that yep. they were as advertised um, people were just getting straight up ripped off here and and so it, it, it's it seemed like a good solution to a, a lot of the problems that were occurring but um, uh, as usual there, there, there was always a, the unintended side of how things turn out.
0: Yeah. yeah. Do, do you think with StockX and GOAT, that, that means um, brick and mortar resale places like Stadium Goods and, and Flight Club may maybe on the way out, maybe dinosaur brands at this point?
2: Do, do I think the brick and mortar guys are on the
0: way out? Yeah, like like Stadium Goods and Flight Club. It's like, you know, those are more those are more tourist destination places. That's why they have the prices that they have when I can just get that same shoe on my phone right now as we speak Perfect. for cheaper.
2: Sure, sure. Well, I, look, uh, uh, certainly New York City retail is in trouble <laughs> because of the because of the pandemic. But, um, you know, I think I think there are, are some people out there who really want to touch the shoe and see the shoe and um, that they are become their own authenticators, if you will. Um, but I you know, and I haven't studied it closely enough to really understand the price differentials that are out there. But um, it seems to me that if you find, can find a shoe for a less, lower price, that's probably where you're going to end up with as long as you trust the source.
1: Yeah. Sure. I have a two part sneaker distribution question for you. Um, how many pairs, rough estimate, are in the GR releases compared to a limited release, Matt?
2: You know, it really depends. Um, it, it's it, it, every release is, is different. Sometimes it's the a thousand pairs and, and you know at christmas time uh, the, there's typically a jordan release that's well over a million pairs yeah. that sells out in hours um so it it really depends and it's very much of a of a science uh, how the brands determine how much of a product they're going to make mm-hmm. uh, and they look very closely at at sell through rates they look closely at, at where the shoe sold and and did they sell their allocation out quickly and and so forth mm-hmm. so it it it's highly dependent on that and the you got you have Jordan at a you know three and a half billion dollar brand that's been almost entirely based on selling out of things, <laughs> um, and and so it, 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 you can build up a big business. Um, but you have to do it really carefully. And, and by the way, it's taken Jordan 30 plus years to get to that level. So they, they didn't, they weren't at that level of day one. And, uh, while the first shoe surprised everybody, uh, it was, you know, it was in the hundreds of thousands. So, uh, not, the, not in the, in the billions. So, um, uh, it, it really depends, but it, I think one, one important thing for your listeners to think about is that, um, a, a, the decision of how many pairs to make is completely made by the brand. And so it's not like they can only make 50,000 because that's all of the special material that exists. They could make 500,000 if they wanted to. Uh, And so it's, it's very much a decision of scarcity and, and scarcity is what drives this market. The more scarce a shoe is the higher its value. We saw that, you know, the game worn Jordan sell for a quarter of a million dollars because it was one of one. There is no other shoe like that. Um, The, uh, a Yeezy prototype uh, that sold for a ridiculous amount of money um, because uh, it was one of one, uh, and he wore the shoe, uh, and so that adds a further authenticity to it. But um, and and by the way, here's another way for the brands to. Take down some of the heat on resale, which is to make more of these shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the you know when we see a restock, for instance, uh, and by the way, that's I love that word restock. Like some it's some miracle that they found these shoes somewhere. You know, because this is all planned out years in advance what they're going to do. Um, <laughs> but if um, uh, when a restock comes out, it crashes the resale price. Because there are that many more pairs now in the marketplace. So it's all about supply and demand. And if the brand said, you know what, we're going to make, we're going to up our quantities because we want to, we want to tamp down the resale market. We want to tamp down the flippers. Um, uh, They could do that. Uh, And that may be one avenue to, uh, to, to try to get this back under control a little bit
0: doesn't that take away from the cool factor at all? Yes. You, yes. You, and I know they want to hold on to that for dear life. You want to be the coolest. And so that, I guess that's probably the, the exactly. Problem. That's, that's the push and pull here. And yeah. you know, we look, look at what happened. Look at what happened with
2: Yeezy in uh holiday of 18. When, when Adidas released a million pairs of Yeezy in six weeks yep. and what happened, the, the yeah. resale price came down and down and down and down so and sad. almost almost crushed the franchise. Right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so, um, uh, you know, I think Adidas very quickly realized because they came out weeks after that. And so we're not going to we're going to make the same amount of pairs in 19 that we did in 18. We're not going to increase that. and. Uh, uh, because if if you oversupply, it, it, you uh, you'll kill an item off for sure. And you know, I as I have say often, if if everybody can get one, no one will want one.
1: And the second part of that, you basically answered it. Is there a difference in between uh, general release sneakers between the major sneaker brands?
2: again I I, I I there's a lot of inside baseball here in terms of what's what's really happening that it, uh, it, so it, it sometimes yes the the brands have they make up all these rules and then they break all the rules of uh, of what's a gr product and what isn't and in fact you know the, the there there is no original product anymore because we don't make shoes like we used to 30 years ago um, they couldn't make the original Jordan shoe exactly like it was because we don't make shoes like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, the manufacturing techniques are different. The way shoes are assembled are different. The materials available are different. So it's if you remember well, a few years ago, maybe now five, they came out with that, oh, what do they call it? There, there was a level up of- uh, Remastered. Of
1: yeah, we talked about Remastered,
2: thank you. Yeah. I, knew, I had the M word, but yeah. I didn't get the whole thing in my mind. Um, and everyone complained that, first of all, the shoes were more expensive and didn't look any different. And secondly, they still weren't like the original even though they were closer to the original and why did they cost more because it cost more to make them in the old way than it does yeah. to make them in the new way
0: right so yeah yeah um and we, we talk about and and real quick before we sticking on limited shoes really quick i don't know did you see what happened with um you see a lot of kind of backdoor issues with um boutiques and sneaker boutiques getting shoes do you see any change in that coming soon in the way that those are released as well? What, what, um, his, what's trophy Jordan's son? Marcus, Jordan trophy room. Trophy room. Yeah. He had one of the hottest, you know, releases and a lot of people complain that they were backdoored. Do they pay attention to stuff like that too? Or is it just like, again, look, it's demand and we're cool and we're just going to keep it moving. There's nothing we can really do about that.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, people, managers have been backdoor in shoes for 30 years. So um, this is not something new that just happened. And, uh, uh, but it, um, Yes, your your question is, do they care about it? They absolutely do. Um, They they don't want this to happen. And then again, the brand doesn't benefit from any of this. The brand, it only makes the brand look bad. It only makes the brand look like they don't have a control of the marketplace, if you will. And so um, they're they're not going to sell any more shoes, whether they all go out the back door or all go out the front door. They've got the same allocation. um and so uh it it it, it doesn't benefit the brand at all or the retailer frankly just the store manager who might be getting a little another 20 bucks for a Sliding a pair of shoes out the back. (laughs) Uh,
0: We talk on this show all the time when signature athletes uh, move from brand to brand or become free agents. And the same now you could be said for signature celebrities, right? Um, You know, Drake went from Nike and possibly to Adidas, then back to Nike. Um, In your opinion, what's more valuable in in 2021 for a U.S. market, I guess, uh, the signature athlete or the signature celebrity?
2: Oh boy, I, you know in real dollars I, it still has to be the athlete um uh for the most part um, um because uh, they're just, just big fans of, 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 of the player and, and kids who aspire to be that, uh, and, and they're, and, and the brands put more pairs of athletic, uh, celebrities shoes in the market than they do. I mean, you can buy a LeBron every day in, 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 in multiple, in multiple retailers, right? And, yeah. and whereas you can't buy the Yeezy's gone on, on launch day, Jordan is gone on launch day. So, um. It, it's a larger market, but it's not growing, uh, and and that's an interesting story here. I mean, the 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 uh, endorsed basketball shoe market has shrunk over the last five years. In fact, the whole basketball market has shrunk over the last five years. Separating retro basketball, right, which is mostly Jordan Air Force One, that business is terrific, um, but the the LeBron Durant uh harden product curry product that business has uh, has shrunk substantially over the last uh, 5 or 6 years it ba- performance basketball shoes not just including um the athlete indoor shoes but all hyperdunks and other other products that play ball in, um is about 3% of the total sneaker market in the US today i mean it's tiny um it's the it's essentially the equivalent of soccer shoes baseball shoes and football shoes added together um, so, and those are really inconsequential uh, categories here because uh, they're only being used to play in. Um, and that's essentially what performance basketball has has devolved into. Um, now, that's i i will tell you that new balance's effort here is they're showing some nice gains uh puma's effort showing some nice gains but they each have one percent market share it's not like uh the the nike is going to be threatened in any way uh uh by losing their their primary spot nike has about 85 90 percent market share of performance basketball in the us 75 yeah. of the guys who are playing ball in the nba are wearing nike yeah,
0: yeah. So- Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we were surprised. We talked about this the other day. How many signature shoes? Is it twenty five. It's only been yeah, as far as basketball. Mm-hmm. Twenty five basketball signature shoes ever. Does, uh, that 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 blew my mind? And then you you just speaking about that having the market share so small. Were you surprised that they Nike cut ties with Kobe's estate because I know they were having issues around sales before he passed and things of that nature. But now you, it's impossible to get a pair.
2: Yeah, you know, it's really funny. When Kobe was playing, he was not a big deal in shoe sales in the U.S. Huge deal in China, interestingly. Massive deal in China. And LeBron, the opposite. LeBron, they don't like LeBron in China. Remember when we went over there and got into a fight with, during an exhibition game. Um, and so he's not he's not favored there. Kobe was not that successful here. Um until he passed uh and then all of a sudden it became and because again there were people out there who made an assumption that they weren't going to ever make another kobe uh and of course the, the, they, there's no reason they ca- couldn't uh um uh until the until the relationship ended um so you know i I, uh, I i'm not sure that kobe really is that going to be ever be that meaningful here in the u.s um even 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 after he passed, the shoe sold out, but the pairs the pairs were not that significant. Mm.
1: Do you see the estate Kobe Bryant ever reconciling and going back with Nike? You think they're just going to do their own thing?
2: I'm not that close to what's what's a motivator there in terms of what's going on. It it could go either way, in my opinion. Um, It it's it's really hard to make a shoe brand from the ground up. Mm. Uh, That's why you see don't see that happen very often, right? Uh, remember Big Baller? Um, you know, uh, and so it, it's, and they had to go to Skechers to have that product made because they needed somebody who knew how to make shoes. Um, and so nobody, they never told anybody Skechers made the shoes, but Skechers was making those shoes for them. So, um, (laughs) it's, it's, there's a lot of crazy stuff that happens behind the scenes, but, um, but it's really hard to start a shoe brand from the beginning. And you think about brands that have been successful, say all birds as an example, I don't know if you follow that brand or not, but it's a casual, uh, sustainable shoe. Um, they make, it's a very, very simple shoe. It's it's one piece upper, one one piece outsole. It's not there's not a lot of tricks to it. Um and and it, so if you're gonna start a shoe brand, that's probably what what you have to do is make a really simple shoe. Um but making it a basketball shoe very, very challenging.
0: Sure. So people paid four hundred dollars for those sketchers, big baller yes, brands, is what you're telling me. They look like it for
1: sure. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It <laughs> did. A, another polarizing question for you, Matt. <laughs> Did Yeezy ever really jump over the jump man
2: no <laughs> sorry we know not that's even, your man <laughs> not even close um, <laughs> there was that crazy article in Forbes uh, that talked about his value and the, and, the, and the numbers were I, were all wrong I mean you, I talked to a lot of people and said help me get to how do they get to these numbers and they all didn't happen Um and <laughs> You know, it's really it's really interesting. It feels like the easy thing has played itself out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, they're uh, doing the 18th colorway of a shoe is is certainly not the way to get people excited about uh, about your product. And uh, uh, and and to, I don't see all the numbers there because a lot of it goes through Adidas and and I don't get to see their numbers. Um, but uh, what goes through the retailers that I see, sales were down last year. Um, and so, uh, and it doesn't feel like there's a lot of energy out there, um, around, around the Britain, the name. So we'll see.
1: My co-host Matt is keeping the Yeezy brand alive himself. So okay. he, he 18 colorways. He bought our 18 colorways.
0: <laughs> well, I, I can see one sit over his right shoulder. He was, oh, I, I'm watching you. <laughs> one of the 18 right there. Um, jump into another brand Reebok. Mm-hmm. We know they went up for sale. Um, there was rumors of people purchasing it. I believe the asking price was two, or three billion. That still hasn't gone through all that. They I thought they expected that the something to happen by March, end of March. That has not happened. Uh what's going on with Reebok? Why does no one want to buy it? Or or are people just bidding that to your knowledge?
2: Um, I, you know, I, it's, they have moved now into an auction phase where people are actually submitting sealed bids now of what they think the company is worth. Um, and of course there are other considerations of, you know, taking on the inventory that exists, taking on the people or not taking on the, the lease of the buildings or the places where they have offices and so forth. So it's, it's not just a, a pay, pay a, a fee and get, get the business the the speculation is that rand's going to sell for more than a billion but not much more than a billion mm-hmm. um adidas paid 3.8 billion for it in 2006 uh we, paid too much by the way um yeah, uh, for it um And there have been some interesting names out there, a couple of uh, brand aggregators like Authentic Brands uh, is looking at it. uh, Some talk that um, uh, Wolverine, uh, the parent company of Saucony and and Sperry might uh, get in. Um, They have offices in Boston already, so there's there's a kind of a logistics ease, if you will, there. some of the Chinese brands are rumored to to be involved uh, because they have have struggled to get a foothold foothold here, um, uh, so it, it'll be interesting. Um, and by the way, it, ever since they announced that the the, the brand was was going to be put up for sale, the sales have been great. Uh, uh, Reebok, Reebok had a very good second half to twenty and have opened up twenty one really strong. Um, and part of it is because they're finally really being able to make a uh, retro product bring back some great retro shoes yeah. and i think they look really fresh uh, yeah. on the wall it's it doesn't look like stuff i've been staring at for a long time air force 1 superstars i'm you know i'm kind of sick of all that and the dunks yeah. um, and i think the reebok just looks fresh on the on the floor so it, it somebody could have some fun with this brand um, and so i think somebody will it'll be, it'll be interesting how it plays out
0: yeah, there were rumors that Baron Davis and Master P were trying to mm-hmm. acquire it. Uh, I, I don't know if it was just them or a team of people. You, any likelihood of that happening?
2: Uh, you know, there was a huge flurry when that first that first came out, and I haven't heard a peep about it since. So. Uh, uh, you know, and, and they were talking, they were talking about $2 billion and everybody's like, wait, it's not worth $2 billion yeah. today. Maybe it is someday, but it isn't today. But I have not heard, uh, heard those names come up uh, ever since that one week when, uh, <laughs> when the rumor dropped,
0: I feel like it, I feel like that could be beneficial if you got some, some star power, so to speak, or some culture power behind it, yes. because you can make it, you buy low. You know, it's, it's it's cheap. You get it at a discounted rate. You can make it cool, inject some coolness in it, you know, get a celebrity or two. Uh, we're going to talk about Puma in a second and how they went and got a couple of people. And maybe you, you can start fresh with a blank slate. I don't know. It's, it seems like a good opportunity.
2: I agree. Uh, I think that would be a plus for the brand if, uh, if it had uh, some star power behind it, for sure. Yeah.
1: Just speaking of Puma, in 2018, they jumped into the sneaker game, the basketball region. In your eyes, do you think that their aggressive strategy paid off in the long run? No. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know,
2: I, I I think Puma's playing the long game here. I think Puma is making the assumption that basketball shoes as fashion will make a comeback someday. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it does, they're going to have a seat at the table. Um, and because of this effort, but uh, look, I would tell you that LeBron isn't working out for Nike. Uh, I'm going to tell you that Harden isn't working out for Adidas. Uh, there, I, there, there really is. I can't think of an athlete where I could say that, that. Person is really paying off in their contract with uh, with in terms of merchandise sales right now you got to look LeBron is the face of Nike today um, uh, and and so you know and, and he's obviously a larger than just basketball shoe sales and he's doing a lot of, of great work and really important work and, and so forth so but in terms of actual sales of shoes that are associated with a player nobody's nobody's earning that out right
1: now. Mm-hmm. So even signing Neymar from Nike and getting him to come to Puma, I know that soccer's huge. we spoke about it at the beginning of the uh, actual podcast, you don't think that Neymar get is beneficial to Puma period?
2: Well, let's, let's, let's flip this upside down and talk about it from this angle. Athletic shoe brands need athletes performing at a high level wearing their products. That's really important to the brand. It gives them authenticity. It gives them credibility. It gives a, It's a halo over everything. And so Neymar is doing that for Puma now. Um, and and LeBron does that for Nike. But are, is Puma going to earn out what they're paying him in terms of cleat sales? Not going to happen. No. Not going to mm. happen.
0: Do, does it really? Uh, I was just thinking about this. You know, they're making shoes. I saw they. You know, they signed LeBron to a lifetime deal. Do do a lot of times people grab athletes just so they won't sign with somebody else?
2: You know, that was going on for a while, um, and I, I I think I think that we've seen a turning point over the last two years in terms of brands' attitudes about athlete signings. Mm-hmm. Before be, before Zion, uh, there really wasn't a big rookie contract going back to maybe. John Wall uh, might've been the last big rookie contract and the brands were pretty much saying, you know what, we're going to get a guy, we're going to take a top round, top draft pick, and we're going to pay him a million, $2 million, <clears throat> which in NBA money is chump change. Yeah. Um, uh, in our money, it's a different story, but uh, I t- I'd take a $2 million rookie contract any day. But, <laughs> um <clears throat> uh, and, and, and they said, okay, we're going to, then we'll see if the guy works out. And is, do, is he, does he have the game? Does he have the personality? And if he does, he's going to make big money later. Curry, as an example of that, right? Um, because for every Zion Williamson, you got a Markel Fultz. Yeah. No. So, uh, and so you, you don't want to be putting out big money on a guy and have him blow up. Uh, so I think the brands are, are holding back. I also think that, and it really started with Under Armour, that the brands have started to go through some rationalization about, am I getting the return on this investment? And mm-hmm. if I'm spending $250 million on UCLA, and they're not playing any sports, mm-hmm. Under Armour was right to say, I'm, I got to get out of this. Uh, and what did UCLA sign with Nike for 180 million instead of 250 million? So you, you start to see the thing, the prices come down. And I, I think the brands, all of the brands are being more circumspect about who they're signing and how much they're paying. Mm. Um, and I think we're going to see things start to moderate a little bit. The same thing with soccer clubs, by the way, the, the same. I think brands have overpaid for those endorsements as well.
0: Mm. Uh, speaking of Under Armour, um, we know that I think they were down last year, about 15 percent in revenue. Uh, Steph is not only I mean, was Cam as well. A couple of big name big name players, Joel Embiid, but you don't really hear a lot about Under Armour being a power player when I felt like they had a lot of potential early on. What happened? What, what kind of went wrong with Under Armour?
2: Um, a couple of things. I, I think they, they got into and are still in too many businesses that don't make any money. Um, baseball shoes. Nobody makes money on baseball shoes. Nobody makes money on football shoes. And even when the, they had the the cam shoe that came out in the beginning, and that sold a lot of pairs for a football shoe. Um, <laughs> but it still was a football shoe. And so um, uh, to be in those businesses, I, I'm not sure you are really making any money there. Uh, and, and look, Nike can do it because Nike can is so big they can do anything they want to today. Um, but um, and then I think the other, uh, the other piece for for Under Armour was that as the athleisure trend started up and really became a force, they stayed more performance and less sportswear, and the marketplace really shifted. I think into more sportswear of just I want to look athletic, but I'm not really probably going to do anything any sport in these uh, clothes or shoes. Um, and 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 so the marketplace sort of moved away from where Under Armour was. But interestingly, under COVID, I think we've turned and seen a shift in the market again here. And I'm I think consumers are going to be more concerned about living healthy lifestyles than ever after COVID, because when you look at the casualties of the of the pandemic, there were people with pre-existing conditions, overweight, smokers, diabetic, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Nope. So people start to focus be living on healthy lifestyles that brings back performance apparel as fashion uh, and uh, Under Armour is not killing it right now but they're performing at or above the market um, uh, and I think uh, I think again this brand could uh, could see a comeback in uh, in 21
0: in you mentioned big you mentioned baseball real quick uh, we know Nike entered an agreement with MLB about 10 years ago, I mean excuse me about two years ago to do the jerseys and all that good stuff Right. they pay big money for that do they make that back <laughs> or is that i we just want our logo on as much as possible
2: um it, it, you're you're absolutely right that much of the expense there really is a marketing expense that i want my logo every time you see a major league baseball player you see the the logo and okay. somebody not me i'm not i don't do this but somebody can put a value on every one of those impressions and tell you how many millions of dollars of, of uh of, of exposure you got okay. um uh, they do look. the The licensed apparel business is is a business, but it's a fan business. It's a uh, it's based on you know Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay and and all of a sudden becoming the number one selling jersey in the in the country because every Tom Brady fan didn't want to wear his Patriots jersey anymore; they wanted to wear his, his Bucks jersey. So. Mm-hmm. um uh there is there is money there but it's it's a fan business and it's not if you go back um 20 years ago now when it was streetwear uh and everybody was wearing starter jackets in the 80s and all that stuff right i mean uh that that was a business and it it's really it's really interesting with the emphasis on sport that we see uh today um and the emphasis on athleisure that that Um, that licensed products have not made the same comeback that uh, uh, that a lot of other categories have. And, And it may be out there for that to happen. So
0: I wonder, I wonder how much of the conversation when a Brady goes from one team to another, does the merchandise and the apparel and the money behind that come into play? I wonder if that plays a part in any decision whatsoever in terms of market and stuff like that.
2: It really doesn't. The Um, Most of the major leagues uh, uh, divide up their royalties on jersey sales um, and headwear evenly like they do with the TV contract. Um, with one exception, and that's the Dallas Cowboys, when the NFL went through their last negotiation of this, Jerry Jones opted to uh, not have them not rev share with everybody else. And he makes slightly more than the other teams because the Cowboys are such a popular team. Um, but it's only, it's a really a minor amount of money. So that, so the, the Brady money goes to Jacksonville, um, uh, uh, you know, evenly, everybody gets the same, the same deal.
1: Okay. Yeah, they tried to um, renegotiate that and it got shot down, for sure, this yeah. offseason, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Before exactly. we get you out of here, Matt, I need you to jump in that time machine for us, man. Can you give us some bold predictions for sneakers in the next five years?
0: <laughs>
1: well,
2: I think um, I think we're going to continue to see athletic apparel be the driving force in what people are wearing. Um, there's been a lot of talk as we start to emerge from from the pandemic that people are going to go back to wearing dressy clothes again. Um, and um, uh, first of all, we're not seeing that in the data. The dress, the, for instance, the ladies' dress business is good, but it's not. It's still not at 19 levels. So it's not where where it. it uh, it's not like it's blowing up. Um, and I, you know, I look, when I started doing this research 20 years ago, I would, I would be in a suit and tie for this conversation. All right. And, uh, and, and, you know, I just don't see us ever going back to wearing that. We may do it for fun that we may say, let's have a dress up party and everybody get a, you know, but, but it's a one-off, right? It's not like we're going to wear that every day. So I think. The um, uh, the athletic side of it remains strong. I think again, people are going to be very concerned about healthy living uh, coming out of this pandemic, and I think that's good for the sports business. Um, clearly, the sports equipment business has been just off the chain during the pandemic. Uh, home fitness equipment, bicycles—you know, just astronomical growth in those categories—and I think that ha- can, 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 uh, takes itself out. Um, I think. We may see a brand or two do something really bold and maybe go down market to a, a Walmart or a target and become, uh, um, a, uh, you know, a real mass brand, um, mm-hmm. Walmart and target are important retailers in athletic footwear, but they're not where they're, they're some of the biggest retailers in the world today. They're not in athletic footwear because they don't have the brands. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, uh, I, I do think we could see some, some people going down market. There will be a lot fewer retailers out there. Um, <clears throat> Nike and Under Armour and Adidas have all announced that they're going to be reducing the number of, uh, retail outlets that they have. And that's going to put a lot of retailers out of business. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, some, a mom and pops folks who, who carried the brand, built the brands, uh, not going to be around and, and some chains are not going to be around and, um. And so I think uh, we we can expect uh, expect that to change. I don't really see I don't really see anyone challenging Nike uh, for supremacy. Um, clearly, Adidas took some share in 16 and 17, and and so they were able to move upwards, but uh, not uh, not to uh, to really be in a position to challenge. Um, so I think Nike remains the uh, the supreme story.
0: I like what Adidas did with getting Jerry Lorenzo though for their basketball. I, I'm, excuse me, what, yeah, Adidas. What they did with getting him, because I think their their basketball line needs uh, needs work, uh, to say the least. And I'm 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 very interested to see what I don't I don't know how much that moves the needle, but at least um, sneakerheads and and paid a lot of attention to that and are curious to see what that's going to look like. So I, maybe maybe something like that is a stride in the right direction at least from the U.S. market.
2: Well, it'll be interesting. We've never really seen a designer um, be able to translate from the scarcity premium point of view to a more mass point of view and really do volume. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying it can't happen. I just say, we've never seen it happen. So uh, <laughs> uh, it, I, it, will, will, can he do it? It'll be really interesting to watch how this plays out. Um, and Eric Wise, running basketball, Eric's I have a lot of respect for him. Um, and um, I thought it was curious moving the, basketball group to L.A., um, Mm -hmm. because L.A. is not a basketball epicenter. Um, uh, You know, I mean, you got to you got to be in Manhattan. You got to be in Brooklyn to uh, Mm -hmm. to be in the basketball epicenter where things are happening. So I thought that was kind of curious. But, you it's a work in progress. And uh, uh, they certainly have some some powerful tools here now. So we'll see how it plays out. Mm
0: -hmm awesome man matt we've been following you for years on twitter <laughs> so this was cool having a conversation we appreciate you taking the time out where can people uh keep up with what you have going on
2: yeah so um uh, it's uh, at npd matt powell on twitter um my email is in uh, my uh Bio and my profile if you uh, I love people asking me questions, especially students uh, but uh, but I love talking about this as you can tell, um, and uh, happy to uh, happy to answer any questions anybody might have. My blogs are up on the NPD website. Um, if you link me on LinkedIn, I will um, l- send you an email when i when I publish a blog um, so there 's a whole lot of ways to find me out there. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome, man. Hey, we appreciate your time. And, uh, of course, we'll be keeping our eyes on some of those blogs and some of those articles in the future, man. Thanks again. All right. Thanks for
2: having me, guys. Great to
0: see you. Hey, man, we are back. a super dope interview with Matt Powell, dude. he was, Hey, he was dropping some shit. Woo! Big jewels, you know what I'm saying? A lot of stuff
1: I had no clue about. Some of the stuff, man, I really wanted to get in-depth with, but I understood Matt couldn't get into the mud. He can't get in the mud. He gotta, yeah. Hey, you got to stay out of the mud. He had to keep himself clean. I got it i get it man but yeah them big baller brand sketchers that's nasty hey man that's nasty did you know anything about that prior to matt saying
0: it no i had no idea bro i had no clue makes sense as he says it though yeah Yeah, yeah, the the quality and the look of the shoe makes sense the price tag however does not add up that's very interesting scammer vibes damn lavar I feel, I still mess with Lavar, man. That's still my guy, but that's rough. That's an L hmm. right there. Okay. Okay. I know a scammer when I see one.
1: I hey. <laughs> I've been trying to tell y'all about the scam, but shout out to him though, having two successful sons in the
0: NBA. But as far as his business practices, yeah, 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 shady, shady records. Shady. Records. Um, before we get out of here, man. Question of the day. Let's do it. Will come from an anonymous source. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the names will be protected to uh, protect the innocent, man. It'll be hidden. Um, had a homeboy of mine holla at me, said, hey, I got a partner of mine. Okay. He's just jumping into the sneaker game, kind of new to it. He's buying shoes that aren't considered cool. And we know mm. what those are. You know uh-huh. the ones. We like, ah, them, them ain't it. Mm-hmm. Do I tell him that them ain't it? Or is it on him to do his own research and figure this out and learn the hard way? How old is the home? He's of age. We're going to say late 20s, early 30s. Let's say that. Did he come from a situation where, you know, it
1: was, uh, you know, he had a rough, like childhood, rough upbringing. Hey, but didn't we all at some point? uh... (laughs) Listen, if you are over the age of 25. Okay. The homies got to keep you abreast. Hey, you cannot come out the house with that shit on with me. You know what I'm saying? Especially when I'm coming through with that shit on. Now, granted, (laughs) now, granted. I ain't got shit new, but I still got that shit. You feel me? So in turn, yeah, no, you got to tell the homie, hey, them ain't it. Like, I get it. Like, put two or three of them together and find you some shit that's really gonna hit. Yeah. I understand, and I understand why my homie's doing that because guess what? He can't get sneakers. AB is getting all the sneakers. No. Homie can't get the sneakers. He just trying to get something that match up with the fit. Yeah. It's the thing. No. No, you cannot do that. No, because cause in turn, you got the whole team looking crazy. So in turn, yeah. if you want to keep the team looking, popping, tell the homie, no, cannot come out the crib like that.
0: No. Yeah, you got you to gotta have an intervention. You got to yeah. have an intervention, one-on-one, heart-to-heart. We're not trying to get no jokes off. We're not trying to be funny. I'm just keeping it a band because you my man, 50 grand. Mm-hmm. And you got to tell them that those ain't it, and this yeah. is why they ain't it but these are you know the little diet thing eat this not that for sure rock this not that <laughs> no you can't rock them no
1: you can't rock those i don't know what he, what shoes it was but it was probably some bullshit yeah. and i'll be mad as hell because you bringing the property value of the team down you know what i'm saying you pull up everybody got that shit on and you coming through with some shit on
0: you feel me nah nah uh, that's a simple conversation man i promise it's gonna sting at first but it, it's the truth it re- it's gonna get respected at the end it's gonna be better for you that's most uh, definitely uh, man appreciate you guys checking out the podcast as always youtube.com slash realville check out the new fresher than the average youtube page coming soon um ig twitter realvillemedia.com. We appreciate Matt for sliding through. Be on the lookout for more guests. Let us know who y'all would like on the show, who y'all want to hear from in the sure, sneaker man. fashion world, bro. Like that, That'd be a good look, man. Throw us some uh, some suggestions and uh, we're, here, we're here for it, man. Facts, man. Yeah. Unless it's like Pharrell or something. Like, I ain't got Pharrell on the jack. Like, that's <laughs> nah, going to be a
1: little rough. Nah, if it was, I'd be able to get some sneakers. It's crazy. <laughs> I can't even get NMD, human races. I said, you know what, I'm gonna let me try to get some human races. <laughs> Kendrick is not selected on human races. I wouldn't even wear them, fam. You know I'm
0: saying. Oh shit. Hey man, brighter days are ahead, I promise. This, this is your month right here, bro. I still month.
1: got that shit, though. That's what that's see. That's what you don't understand. I still got that shit. It
0: just ain't new shit, but it's still some shit. <laughs> hey man. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, on that note, man. Don't forget to please wear your kicks. Hey, and cop responsibly, man. <laughs> when you can when you can cop cop responsibly
1: <laughs> i'm still copping though ab hold up though i'm still copping i'm just not copping you know what i'm saying i'm copping
0: though <laughs> and we out man thank god, watch my moves from my shoes on the cool be damn if a nigga ain't high to the roof pimp tight get it right homie more or less i gotta thank god i'm fresh